Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. This is the Abby Normal Podcast, here to tell you that you're weird and that's normal. Did you see the SNL skit called Peloton? Oh my gosh, it's so funny. It's 100% me. I don't want people to tell me what to do, even if it's encouraging. They say on the skit, if I hear the phrase, you can do it, I literally won't just to prove a point. If anyone yells that I can do one more, I will immediately get off this thing, unplug it and go smoke. (laughs) I don't know why, but that's how my brain works. And you know what else? That damn Peloton seat stabs me in the vagina and I'm not going to do it. And don't tell me any of that nonsense about how you get used to it. If you want a callous vagina, that's between you and God. Anyway, some folks are proactive about their bodies. They've done things like use this whole shelter in place time to quit drinking or start skating or find the least populated hiking areas or do a cleanse or whatever. Not me. So all bodies are bikini bodies. Mine is ready for summer. And also I need a bigger bikini. Today we get to talk to my sister-in-law, Kylie who decided to make a huge change in her life in order to have a body that she could skate or hike or Peloton in. This story is not about the bullying she endured as a big person in this world obsessed with size. But I think we have to remember that it's always part of the story. I have a lot of bully stories. You know, just people just being mean or just, I don't know. Elementary school, junior high, high school, like all that stuff was really kind of unkind, I guess. You know, there's this this kid in in elementary school, John, who was just cruel to me all the way through, treating me horribly and trying to like make a fool out of me or make me feel bad or put me down or embarrass me or make fun of me or... I mean, it was just mostly about my weight. Like, what would he say? The, the usual. Call me fat. Call me chubby. Make fun of how slow I was or how I couldn't keep up or, you know, how unpretty I was or how I would never become anybody or, you know, all the usual things. And I, honestly, at this point in my life, I really don't remember all the exact things. But I just remember being pretty much miserable my entire youth you know always going home in tears and I remember my mom going to bat for me many times I want to say it was either fourth or fifth grade and I remember her stomping onto school at Fort Washington and having words with Mr. Hales and uh, that did not go over well but she definitely went to bat for me many times I think the clouds understand. So when she was a proper adult, she made a decision. You know, I was just sick and tired of being sick and tired, literally. I had high blood pressure. I was borderline high cholesterol, borderline diabetic. 
I had back problems. I had the worst varicose veins, just a whole lot of problems that were just creeping up on me. And I just felt like I was dying from the inside out. So I had watched four other girls in our salon go through their own journey of weight loss. And they all had chosen to do various forms of weight loss surgery. And so I decided, you know, if they can do it and have lots of years of success, then I should be able to do it too. So I reached out to a couple of my friends who had the same insurance as I did and who had been successful and um, found out that I was covered by my insurance and went ahead and made an appointment and decided to do the gastric bypass. And I was the only one in our salon that had chosen to do gastric bypass. The other girls had done, um, one had done the lap band, one had, and then a couple of the other girls had done the, the sleeve, mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. the so vertical what made sleeve. You so the gastric bypass. Um, my doctor basically said that I could do either the VSG, which is the vertical sleeve gastrectomy, I think that's what it's called, mm-hmm. or I could do the gastric bypass. But I asked her, I said, well, what do you recommend? And she said, she said that she totally were, would recommend either one, but um, she said that because gastric bypass had been around for over 55 years, they've basically perfected it. And she could tell me exactly where I would be 20 years from now. But with the sleeve, she was like, you know, they only have like 10 to 15 years of like research and case studies and things like that. And so she said that there just is not enough information for her to tell me like where I would be 20 years from now. Right. And so she said that to maximize my amount of weight loss, she recommended that I do the gastric bypass. Um, She said that in her experience that a lot of people who had chosen to do the sleeve, that some of them kind of maxed out at like 100 or like just over 100. Some people are widely successful and can lose well, well over 100. But some people just get stuck at like 100 and and then they stop, they plateau. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she just said, you know, if you want to maximize your results, just do the gastric bypass. And because of its success and how long it's been around, she just felt the most comfortable leading me down that path. obviously major surgery. So what was it like right afterwards? I was just drained. I was so tired. I felt like I had been hit by a freight train. That was my first time being put out under general anesthesia. So I had never experienced that before. And I remember my dad telling me that, you know, for like every hour that you're under anesthesia, it takes like a week of recovery, of rest to kind of get back to your normal self. So I was out for a little over three hours, so about three weeks so of recovery. So, and it probably was like somewhere between like three and four weeks before I felt like my normal self, um, where I didn't feel just completely tired after three hours, but literally like every like three to four hours, I was ready to take a nap. I was just so tired, but I was also super depleted. You know, I was not getting enough nutrition. I mean, 
right after having weight loss surgery, you're on a liquid diet. So you're having like a quarter cup of chicken broth or miso soup or any type of like liquid. You're on clear liquids for the first week. And then after the first week, you move on to um, it's still you're still on a liquid diet, but you can move on to like solid liquids. Mm-hmm. So um, pureed liquids. Mm-hmm. And then you move on to Every week, it's like it just gets a little bit thicker and, a, you know, a little bit more substantial every every single week. And like then like week three and four, you're moving on to like mashed potatoes and refried beans and yogurt and things like that. But you're still only eating like a quarter of a cup or a half of half a cup. And at a year out, you're eating one cup of food. What exactly was her goal? My goal was just to be healthy. I didn't even know what healthy was anymore or what I would look like, what I would feel like, what what weight healthy would be mm-hmm. on my on my body, on my frame. Mm-hmm. I had looked at like the BMI or mm-hmm. whatever. And I think initially I'd gotten a little freaked out because it said that to be at a healthy weight it was like somewhere between like 150 and 160. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wow, that just seems like so small. Mm-hmm. Um, but at my at my lowest weight, I have been 160. Mm-hmm. So I know it's totally doable. At 160, though, I had people that were telling me, even Matt, my, my brother was telling me, he was like, uh, sis, you're looking a little mm-hmm. unhealthy, mm-hmm. like a little on the on the kind of really thin side. Right. And so I didn't I didn't like being there 165 is probably where I feel like the most comfortable and where I feel Mm -hmm. healthy and fit Mm -hmm. without looking too thin or unhealthy how tall are you I am 5'8 so my doctor told me that she would be comfortable if I landed at like 200 Mm -hmm. 204 and when I got to um, I want to say like just over 200 pounds she was like, okay, well, I'm happy. She's like, if you didn't lose any more, she's like, I'd be totally happy if you stayed right here. And I was just like, you are out of your mind. I, There is no way I'm going to stay here. And that, that just pushed me to like move right past that. And I just kept losing. Why, why was 200 not satisfying? So I had joined a couple of different um, like support groups via Facebook, and so many people had talked about Wonderland. So Wonderland is when you hit the 100 pounds, so anything with a 100 in it. And there was just this part of me that just really wanted to be, I wanted my number to have a one in front of it. So that was part of it, but I just... When I looked in the mirror, I just was not satisfied with where I was and I knew that I could that I could lose more and still be healthy. I knew that I had more to lose. So What's it like now that she's a few years out? I am what, two and a half years out and I still I can only eat about a cup of food per meal. Maybe a little bit more than that, depending on how my day has been, um, how much liquid I have drank prior to a meal. Sometimes I can eat a little bit more, but it's like a matter of like a tablespoon where I, where I feel 
Like I've gone over what I can eat and then I'm like paying for it. Yeah. Because it either is going to come up or it's going to go down. Like, uh, you know, so a lot of times it's just this incredible pain. And the only way to get rid of that is for it to just come back up. So, um, so yeah, I really have to eat slowly. I have to listen to my body. I have to stop when I feel full because I'm telling you, it's like that one bite over what I know is comfortable and I just feel awful. So just stay the night, you know, there's always that, like that threat of stretching your stomach back out and you know I've heard horror stories of people who have stretched their stomach back out and you know I don't want to be one of those people that ends up reverting back to their old self Um, so I'm very careful about like my consumption and what I eat and you know everything in moderation you know I've I our doctors have told us like you know we don't want you to eat carbs and sugar and heavy fats and things like that but mm-hmm. you know I also want to live and I don't want to limit you know enjoying life and enjoying food and enjoying events and weddings and parties and things like that and so everything in moderation I might just have a bite of birthday cake right but it's enough. I feel fully satisfied having just one bite of something sweet. And the other thing is like, if I'm going to eat something indulgent, it better taste damn good. Right. Because there's no way I'm going to waste the small amount of like space that I have on something that's just like mediocre. Right. So yeah, it better be well worth the calories and the space required to, you know, to fill my stomach that, yeah, if yeah. it's not worth it, then I'm not going to eat it. So right. what, what were the biggest things that you learned about nutrition or your body, like over the past two years? To use food as fuel, for sure. That was one thing that like, um, that I learned very early on that just clicked and resonated with me right away to eat proteins and the plant-based, the, you know, the nutritious stuff first. And then if you have a little bit of space left, then enjoy the carbs or the sugar or the fats or the dressings or, you know, those things like get the things in first that are the most nutritious and that are going to fuel you all day long and carry you throughout the day. Because the carbs, the sugar, you know, the the crap that we eat, those things are very short-lived. And those are the things that, like, only get us a couple hours here and there. And then we're back to snacking. Mm -hmm. So I try and eat pretty heavily protein-based breakfast because I know that it's going to get me from, like, 8 o'clock all the way to like 12 or one before I'm going to eat again. And then I try to only have like one snack during the afternoon before I'm going to have dinner. So I try and only eat like four times a day. So how is that different than how you're eating before the surgery? Oh gosh, I was eating probably like every one to three hours, sometimes more than that. Cause I was just bored all the time and I was eating crap and things that were just not carrying me throughout the day. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And definitely, like, certain things that we eat cause us to have more cravings throughout the day. So I still struggle with, like, staying up late and having late-night cravings. I was on the phone last night with someone late last night, and I was like, oh, shoot. I'm like, it's midnight, and I'm hungry. But instead of grabbing a bag of popcorn, I, like, made a cabbage salad instead. And, you know, that was a way better option than popcorn or chips or candy or a bowl of ice cream or, you know, things that I normally would have gone for. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I make way better choices when I'm bored and think that I'm hungry than I would have prior to my surgery. Outside of her relationship with food, How else has her life changed? Well, my confidence level is like through the roof. I mean, my friends and family who are like the closest to me would tell you that I probably never lacked confidence, at least from where they were standing. They never really saw that I was lacking confidence. Was never the type of person that would complain about like, oh, I feel fat or oh, I don't look good in this. Like, that was never me. And even still to this day, like I, I maybe say it more now, but I still am very cautious about the times that I say those things. Like I never say those things, especially in front of my daughter, because I don't want her to begin to feel those things or feel like she has to measure up to a certain status quo or what society tells women is, you know, an unrealistic idea of what she needs to look like or be. But even at my heaviest, like I was never so self-conscious that I made that audibly aware to my friends or my family on a regular basis. That was never something that I was just like, oh, I feel fat. I feel awful. I look terrible. Like, you know, I don't like the clothes that I'm wearing. I, you know, I don't like the way this fits. Like, I was always, like, super confident. Like, I always put my lipstick on. I always had my hair done. I always put the heels on. You know, I always still dressed to impress and, you know, felt good in whatever, at whatever size I was and, you know, whatever setting I was in. Like, I always, I always tried to feel good, look good, no matter what. Yeah. But I would say that definitely since having had the surgery and losing all the weight, my confidence has definitely expanded or grown exponentially. Yeah. You know, there's a whole new set of eyes that are on me and attention that I have gotten um, that I didn't get before. People open doors for you and um, people say hi to you that... I, you know, maybe didn't realize that I wasn't getting before. Mm-hmm. And it's not fair, but but it happens. You know, I can walk down the street as I'm going to work. And, you know, I have people that will say things to me as they're driving by or honk at me or, you know. So, yeah, it's just, it's been different mm-hmm. <laughs> being, you know, less than half the size that I was before. What was your starting weight? My starting weight at my heaviest, I was 339, and at my lightest, I was 160. So in total, I lost about 179 pounds. Oh, my God. So 
I weigh less. Oh my gosh, that's than like a whole the, me. The, uh, yeah. A whole me. I was on your body. Yes, that's crazy. <gasps> I know. Oh I weigh less than gosh. the weight that I lost, which is, I never, that's insane. I never imagined, I never, yeah. If my doctor had told me, you're going to lose more than half of your weight, I never would have believed her. I asked her to reflect on her identity. Was being a bigger person part of it? No, and I I thought for a long time that it was, but I think it was when my best friend Stacy said to me one day, she was like, you know, looking back at these pictures, she's like, I don't even remember the person that you used to be. She's like, I guess I've always seen you as this person because she's like I don't even recognize this other person that you used to be and she was like and the odd part is is that you were heavy and I've known you as a heavier person for way longer than as the thinner Kylie Mm -hmm. Um, but she's like I don't even recognize that person anymore I think I've just always seen you as this person Mm -hmm. because you've always maintained this level of confidence. You've always, you know, she's like, your personality didn't change. Mm -hmm. You know, she's like, you didn't just become this like stuck up person because you lost all the weight. Like your demeanor didn't change. Your personality didn't change. You're, you know, she's like, you're still the same person. So I don't think that my identity was really tied up in that person. I think sometimes I feel like, okay, I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. So in this whole process of like dating and whatnot, I have met people who I know I matched with or I know that like noticed me or saw me when I was heavier. Right. And maybe passed up an opportunity when I was heavier. Right. And now all of a sudden that I'm thinner... Now I'm like more attractive to them. And now they're like, oh, oh, I want to swoop this person up. Like, I want to talk to her. I want to get to know her. And so that part has been hard for me because I'm like, wait a second. You didn't want me then, but you want me now. Right. And so there's this part of me that's like, that's it, that's hard for me because I'm I'm like, you know, So this guy that I was talking to last night, you know, he had this meme on his Instagram that I saw. It said something along the lines of like, be with someone who wants to be there with you on the journey. Not somebody who's just going to like pick up now that you're like there, now that you've arrived. So that that part has been hard for me because I'm like, okay, wait a second. You didn't want me then, but you want me now. Like, no. You didn't appreciate me then. So why should I let you appreciate me now? Right. I don't know. But then I have friends that are like, you can't change what people like. You know, you like a certain type of person or, you know, would you be attracted to guys that are like really heavy? And, you know, I have been attracted to guys who are heavier. You know, I went on a date with this guy back in December, who was heavier and really, really nice guy. My friends loved him. It didn't work out, but 
he was a great guy and not the type of guy that I probably would have normally gone for. But I feel like women give guys like that more of a chance than guys give women a chance who are heavier. When was the first time she looked in the mirror as a smaller person and thought, Damn. <laughs> I am Um, you know, there were moments when I felt like that after I had lost all the weight and had gotten down to my goal weight, but I was still left with all of like the loose skin. And so that part was still very hard for me. I think it wasn't until... I had gone through skin removal and had fully recovered from all of that when I could put on like a two-piece swimsuit. And it so it probably wasn't until this past summer that I really felt like I had arrived. Mm-hmm. I had bought a dress and I put it on and it was like skin tight. And I was just like, man, I was like, it fits, but you could see everything. And I ended up buying it anyways. And I just knew I was like, okay, without the skin, like when all of this is cut off, this will look so much better. And it was after the surgery and everything, when all the swelling went down, I put it on right around like my birthday. And it was that dress. I was like... Oh, shit. I was like, I have worked so hard to get that dress on. And I I knew I was like, okay, I worked really hard for this dress. You rocked that dress. I rocked that dress. <laughs> oh, that dress was so worth it. But there was also another dress. So I went to anthropology. Like, I saw this dress on the clearance rack, and I was like, oh, I was like, it's an extra small but it was a wrap dress, so I was like, eh, maybe it's a little forgiving. forgiving. <laughs> I ran into the dressing room, and I was like, oh, it fits. And so I was like, I have to buy it. So I bought it, and I totally rocked it in in Vegas, like, the very first night that we were there. So, yeah, there are moments like that, that moments that I've walked into, like, regular stores, you know, not plus-size stores, not extended sizes stores, where I've had similar moments to that effect where I've, you know, have been able to go into just any store and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I can pull anything off of a rack. You know, I'm not asking for, oh, do you carry this in an extended size? Or, you know, I don't have to ask that anymore or worry that they're not going to carry my size that I can confidently walk into any store at the mall and know that they're going to have my size. So I asked Kylie how it feels when she goes out dancing and knows people are looking at her. She said, good. It's nice to know that, that yeah, I've, I've arrived at, at such a place where I'm on the list of like, oh, you know, you don't have to wait in line. Come, just come and come in, <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah. What do you think your best physical feature is now? My waistline. Oh, hey. Damn. You know, funny you should ask. So here recently, as I've been 
dating, I don't appreciate my legs as much as other people do, men in general. But it's funny because this particular person that I've recently started talking to pointed out that he liked my legs. And I was like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I actually like went as far as asking my brother, uh, my brother Jordan, who works out a ton and also my personal trainer. I had asked them both, like, how do you atrophy like a particular part of your body? Like, I, like that was a thing. Uh-huh. It's not a thing. You cannot (laughs) force your body to atrophy. You can just stop working out and your entire body will begin to atrophy. But no, there's no way to just like force a particular part of your body to atrophy. Like if you just want like really tiny calves. Yeah. No, not going to happen. I thought, well, maybe I could like force my legs to, to atrophy. And Jordan was like, sorry, sis, like, that's just not going to happen. But he was like, he's like, guys like girls who have, like, muscle and, like, some meat on their body. So he was like, can you just stop worrying about, like, various parts of your body and just wait for the right guy to come along and appreciate every part of you. Oh my and God. I, you Jordan know, is so wise. Right? Yes. So, I mean, yeah, there's somebody out there who's going to appreciate all of it. So, yeah. But I gotta do this you rock them hits the night, kiss them lips the night, flip the script. You've heard Kylie mention two of her brothers. And I really love that she has wise and supportive bros that can help bring her down to earth when maybe she's getting a little obsessed about something. In addition to carefully monitoring what she eats, she also works out several days a week. She loves high fitness, which is some kind of dancey class. She did confront one of her bullies, but this also didn't really satisfy her. And I distinctly remember one time in in our 20s, we were at a lounge, we'll call it a lounge, and I was, it's definitely buzzed and I ran into him and I was not so nice to him and he definitely pulled me aside I was with Michelle he was like Kylie why are you being so mean to me and it was definitely kind of eye-opening because I didn't realize that I was being mean to him but I was a little shocked because I kind of was like wow like For once in your life, you are recognizing that somebody is being mean to you. And I was almost kind of slightly gratifying, but I have never, you know, I've never found it gratifying to be mean to somebody. So for somebody to pull me aside and say, you're being mean to me, it didn't feel good. But I was like, really? I'm being mean to you? Like, how could I possibly be mean to you? You know, what What could I be doing that is so mean to you? And he was just like, what did I ever do to you? And I was just like, are you kidding me? And in that moment, I was just like, oh, John, let me count the ways. How about first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, all the way through 12th grade? Hmm. How about you made my life miserable 
my entire like school years, like every year of my life, like going through school, there wasn't a single year that went by that you did not make an attempt at treating me horribly. So she got the opportunity to finally call out his behavior, but it was a little bit too late. He was an adult, and she's now an adult who actually feels bad about being mean to someone, even if they deserve it. I would be irresponsible if I didn't remind you that fatness and BMI are not complete indicators of overall health. And research has shown that biases within medicine toward higher weight individuals leads to poor health outcomes, especially in minority populations. There are lots of different ways to get healthy and stay healthy. And healthy people all look differently. So if you're like me and maybe you've been sitting on your ass for a full year and you're ready to get going, I'm not going to encourage you. There's plenty of encouragement on the internet. So find what you like. Find what brings you joy. And we can start moving together. Let's go. Don't go. Just stay the night. I don't know. There's this part of me that kind of is looking forward to our 20-year reunion because, you know, with that TV show that... The Kourtney Kardashian that has that revenge body, yes. you know, and so 